0: You're listening to a sermon from org. A church that prays stays. A church that prays and stays is dynamite. A church that prays stays that is dynamite with the fire of God. Can you just picture a cartoon, you know, like road like a boom with a dynamite? Imagine our communities on fire for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's start some holy fire, shall we? So where do we begin? How do we do this? We start with ourselves as individuals and as a church at the same time. And it's not hard. I'm all for easy. I I don't do hard. It's prayer alone. Hello the microphone's falling off. It's prayer, which isn't hard. It's alone and in a small group of trusted friends. Let me explain. When I was a newish Christian, I was in a small Bible study group of lovely ladies, they were amazing. And the subject of tongues came up. And I thought, What's that? And our pastors was talking about how there was this division in some churches that if you didn't speak in tongues, basically you weren't saved, which is rubbish. And they were, he was an Anglican minister and they were hammering him to um, say, oh, you know, do you speak in tongues? And he said, and he did. He said, it's none of your business. And I was overhearing all this conversation and I decided that what on earth do you want that for? I don't want it. It just seems like a load of twaddle to me. Anyway, one night I was so frustrated with the, I just found prayer so hard. I just couldn't do it. It wasn't happening and I was in a bad place. I really needed help. And I'm sort of pounding the bed, like Lord, you've got to help me. Help me to pray. I can't do this. You've got to do something and you've got to do it now. That night, well, actually early in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, I had a dream. And I dreamt that I was making all these funny noises, like in sentences. And I woke up and I'm thinking, what was that? rolled over without we're about to sleep. Four o'clock the next morning, exactly the same thing. I sat up in bed and I thought, what is this? Because it's just so real. And the Lord said to me quite clearly, it is speaking in tongues. I gave you the gift of speaking in tongues. And I said very tactfully, what did you give me that for? <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning, hey, I don't do four o'clock in the morning. He said you needed help to pray. I thought, okay, and that got me thinking, what else does it do? And so began my journey. And I was nurtured along by my Bible study group of believers in praying in tongues, but it took me years to pray it out loud because it didn't sound like anyone else's, therefore I didn't say it out loud, which is a load of rubbish because everyone sounds so different anyway. This is where I'm going with it. So is prayer hard? Isn't it hard? It can be, but it isn't designed to be. It is relationship. Prayer is relationship and connection. Not something you've got to do first thing in the morning and tick it off your list. It is connection. I don't think, oh, I suppose I better make some time and talk to Ed. I talk to him all the time, poor man. And it's connection, he needs prayer, he's married to me. And our relationship with God is two-way conversation, it's two-way connection and yes, it's two-way. We may not always hear an audible voice but he speaks to us directly into our spirit and we just have in our knowing parts that we know. So we see all prayer is relationship and connection. And speaking in tongues is a wonderful gift from the Almighty to fire up our prayer life. Certainly helped mine. Okay, let's look at St Patrick's, shall we? Fifth century Ireland. Mm -hmm. And I have no Irish DNA in me whatsoever and I'm really ticked off. (laughs) St Pat wrote a book the confession of st patrick and let me and this is an excerpt from it speak it spoken in older sort of english so it's a bit hard to say but this is him he's saying and another night god knows i do not whether i do not whether within me or beside me most words which i heard and could not understand except at the end of the speech It was represented thus, he who gave his life for you, he it is who speaks in you, and thus I awoke joyful. On a second occasion, I saw him praying within me, and I was, as it were, inside my own body. And I heard him above me, that is, my inner self. He was praying powerfully with sighs. And in the course of this, I was astonished and wondering, And I pondered, who it could be who was praying within me? But at the end of the prayer, it was revealed to me that it was the Spirit. And so I awoke and remembered the Apostle's words. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for utterance. That's Romans 8.26. And again, the Lord, our advocate, intercedes for us, which is verse 27. Okay, earlier still, Perry Stone in his book about uncovering the Hebraic roots and historical presence of the Holy Spirit. Perry Stone is someone I've seen on YouTube. He's a Messianic Jew as far as I can tell. I find him a bit waffly to listen to, but he's very sound. Anyway... In his book about uncovering the Hebraic roots, states that according to a Jewish historical account, every time the high priest in the Old Testament went into the Holy of Holies, he communicated to God in a supernatural language. Now, I've heard this from other sources too, but I can't locate them. Okay, he communicated to God in a supernatural language. The high priest was not able to communicate in that way after he came out of the Holy of Holies. Now that is interesting. Well, I think it's interesting. So what exactly is speaking in tongues? By definition, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit who enables believers to speak in a language or languages unknown to them. It may be a natural language like Swahili or something, anything. Or a supernatural language, a language of the spirit, a language of angels, something completely supernatural. Let me give you an example. There was a man once, I can't remember his name, but I've I've read encounters like this before, where he had his prayer language and he was just quietly in church, in a big church, just praying in his prayer language, and it, it sort of changed. He didn't take your nose, know, he just kept praying in the tongues that were coming up, but softly, not enough to disturb people. But the person who was next to me was of another nationality, and he was actually speaking this man's nas- um, mother tongue and was ministering to him in his own language, and he didn't know. And that's a really good example of how the Holy Spirit just can do amazing things for us if we're just open. So, biblical practice. Did Jesus speak about tongues? Yes, he did. Mark 16, verse 17 reads And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues. Also, John 3.8. Now, this is where he was speaking to Nicodemus. I'm falling apart, oh. I think. was speaking to Nicodemus about being born again. And um, it says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the spirit." The Greek word for spirit and wind is pneuma, where we get pneumatic tires and stuff like that. The Greek word for sound and unknown language is the same. It's phonos, where we get telephone from. Diocletos is the Greek word for a knowing language. So as born again with believers, we receive the wind, the Holy Spirit, and sound, supernatural languages. Now, the Holy Spirit, the word for spirit in Hebrew is ruach, and it means breath, wind, that, that sort of thing. There's two words for language or tongue in Hebrew. One is suffer, which is lips. And the other one is lorchon, which is tongue, lips. If you're just speaking, it doesn't have any core value. It's shallow. But if you're speaking, if the word for tongue is that you're speaking out of your belly, out of your core values, come out. Okay. The primary purposes for tongues. And if anyone wants me to stop. Not stop permanently, but stop (laughs) for a question. Just let me know. Number one. The first purpose is to mark the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, Peter declared that this gift was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, which described that God would pour out his Spirit on all flesh. That's Acts 2.17. Point number two. Supernatural understanding of God's mysteries. For he who speaks, this is one Corinthians fourteen two. For he who speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. I really like this bit. Russell Corey describes the Holy Spirit as the Google or search engine of heaven. The spirit who knows everything about the mysterious, glorious God is the same spirit who lives inside of us. He wants to reveal mysteries to you about God, his will, our life, your life, and whatever you're facing right now. Now, we're all facing stuff. We really do wish we didn't have to, but we all have to face stuff. And we need all the help we can get. So we certainly do need that help. How do we get these revelations? Communion with the Holy Spirit on his level in his language. Paul describes the Holy Spirit as the one who searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. The Holy Spirit loves to do that. As you pray in the Spirit, you will discover things that were previously quite baffling. And the unknown will come into greater focus. You will have light bulb moments. I certainly need those. Okay, point number three. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's one Corinthians fourteen four A. Tongues has a unique ability to strengthen us in times of struggle, trials and temptations. The Greek word for edify, oiko de mayo, was a term used for building buildings, construction, stuff like that, and repair. So likewise we build ourselves up when we pray in the spirit, it's like being put on a like a phone charger. So praying in the spirit's like you've been charged up. I don't need that, trust me. It also breaks the back of anxiety, worries, and fear. In a 2011 report in an American Journal of Human Biology, Christopher Lynn and his co workers found that glossolalia, that's speaking in tongues, was associated with both a reduction in circulatory cortisol and enhance- enhancements in alpha amylase enzyme activity. So the cortisol went down and the enzyme went up. Two common biomarkers of stress reduction that can be measured in saliva. It's interesting, I could use a bit of that. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15, Paul states, what is the conclusion then? Will I pray in the spirit? I also will pray with the understanding I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. In 2006 a group of researchers from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine decided to take a closer look at glossolalia to find out what was happening in an individual's brain when they spoke in tongues. Particularly they wanted to find out What part of the brain was being utilised when an individual used this spiritual gift? The researchers created quite a stir when their report was published in Psychiatry Research Neuroimaging. In their study, they measured their test subjects brain activity with single photon emission computed tomography, SPECT for short which measured blood flow. Increased blood flow in a particular brain area indicates use and lights up the area in the scan. While researchers scanned their brain, the test subjects were asked to sing gospel songs and then to speak in tongues. The results of these two scans were then compared. What they found stunned the researchers. When they were speaking in tongues, there was decreased activity on the frontal lobes, which is the brain's control centre, and a decreased activity in the left basal ganglia, which controls the emotions and our ability to focus. These areas light up when the individual is speaking or thinking, but not when they're speaking in tongues. According to Dr. Andrew Newberg, the lead researcher, this reduced activity in the key language areas substantiated the participants' claims that they were under the control of the Holy Spirit when they were speaking in tongues. He added that the amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretation of what was happening. Point number four, revelatory gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same spirit to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. That's 1 Corinthians 12 verses 8 and 10. Tongues unlocks other (coughs) revelatory gifts, namely the word of wisdom word of knowledge, prophecy and discerning of spirits. We really do need them all, especially the discerning of spirits these days when we see what rubbish is going on around us and around the world. We really do need to be able to discern, especially for our children and grandchildren, even ourselves, so we don't you know, get caught into it. Don't be surprised if, while praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural insight about something or someone. Now, this happened to me yesterday. I was doing a walk, my usual walk around and I was praying in tongues and just sort of worshipping. And um, I just had this pressed upon me to pray for Jerusalem. So I started praying for Jerusalem and for protection and all that sort of stuff. And then I felt released and just did my walk. But um, from Gaza and stuff, that Jerusalem had been bombed and all those areas had, had a few missile strikes and a few problems. I just read about it this morning. So there you go. It can happen to even me. Also... Satan doesn't understand supernatural languages. He is powerless against them. So if you've got a spiritual language from God, it doesn't matter when you say it out loud. Satan has no idea what you're saying and he's powerless. Okay, point number five. Bible reading comes alive. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak. That's John 16, 13. I found when I first started reading the Bible it was really tedious. It just was just like, I don't know, reading a novel from school that you had to read for English and wasn't necessarily interesting and some stories were good and some of it wasn't. But the Holy Spirit comes in and he just makes it alive. When the Holy Spirit is invited into your Bible reading, it really does come alive. The same Holy Spirit who inspired the writing and assembly of the scriptures, wants to guide you through the Bible, giving understanding on confusing matters. And he will. Sometimes you just have a bit of time, you'll you'll find the answers. But it is his goal for you to understand the Bible, the written word. He also empowers you to apply the word to your everyday life. He will share prophetic um, promises with you from God's word and help you discover your role in God's unfolding story. How many of us have thought, well, what's my purpose in being here? What do I do? Yeah, we all do that. Last point, point number six, victory. In times of assault and hardship, it's easy to give up on prayer. We don't know how or what to pray. And when we do pray, it's as if there's a ceiling, like a glass ceiling we can't get through. Of course, our prayers are going through. It's just our perception but it feels like nothing's happening, it is bouncing back at us. Paul reminds us that, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. When in the heat of spiritual combat, it is easy to start praying prayers that agree with the size of the attack. You're focusing on the problem and it's real, you're, you're in the reality is it's hard and you're suffering, or you're watching someone suffer. Life is just crap sometimes. It's just the way it is. We should focus on the size of the blood-bought victory that Jesus paid for on the cross. Praying in tongues empowers you to agree with God's victorious battle plan for the situation or situations. No matter what's going on around you, and it doesn't deny reality. It never denies reality of what you're going through. It simply positions you to agree with a higher truth of scripture. What you focus on, you give power to. So if you're focusing on an illness or a problem or a problem child or a, 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 the world events and not the scripture and not what Jesus has done and you think about how powerful God actually is the problems you think well I can trust God with these it's okay I can put them into his care he is more than able Just because we don't always understand the whys of God's ways, it's not a valid reason to ignore them. Speaking in tongues is a powerful gift that will not only enrich your prayer life, but will bring you deep into deeper intimacy and communion with the Holy Spirit, our search engine, our advocate who lives in us what a precious precious gift he is okay so if you don't know already how to pray in tongues you can come and you can get someone to pray for you that's one way or if you're an introvert like me and having someone pray for you and say come on start and smile at you is not your thing it certainly wasn't mine Go Ask the Spirit himself to fill you. Ask the Holy Spirit. And then go somewhere where you can't, where you're alone but you can't hear you. So put headphones on with music and then just start. And and gradually you, it'll sound like gibberish. But as the Spirit rises and your spirit gets stronger and the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, after a time it will just be like rivers of living water coming out of you. You will be speaking in tongues. And it won't sound like everybody else. So never be embarrassed about it like I was. Well, that's the end of the sermon. So if anyone wants prayer for anything sermon-related or personal, come out front. There's plenty of people here who would love to pray for you. Okay, let's close in prayer, shall we? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.